time for Americans to grow up and become financially responsible. Let's talk about something important. If you're in it for the money, that's not a bad thing. Do you realize how much money he just saved us? This is The Financial Physician with Lou Scatigna. The Financial Physician. It's the fastest hour in Money Talk Radio. It's also my pleasure to see to it that decent, hardworking people in this community aren't robbed blind by a pack of money-mad pirates. This is financial advice you can take to the bank. He's your money man. Show me the money. Your source for straightforward, no-nonsense financial advice. Bring me your money questions because I'm here to help. And now, here he is, the financial physician, America's money doctor, Lou Scatigna. Greetings, my friends. How are you today on this birthing person's day? If you're a birthing person, happy birthing person day to you. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Um, (laughs) Birthing person's day. We live in a crazy world, my friends. And uh, after this show's over, you're going to realize there's no hope left for us. We're done. (laughs) We're done. How you doing, Paul, on this birthing person's day? Doing good, Lou. Is your birthing person still alive in your life? Oh, yes. Yes. Happy birthday, Mom. Not birthday. Um, <laughs> birthing person day. Birthing person. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day. Mom. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, mine is not no longer with us. Uh, and if your mother is still alive, give her a kiss today. I wish I could give my mother a kiss today. And uh, you don't realize it, you know, like uh, whether it's Mother and Father's Day, you know, you, you get together. My family, you know, I'm the oldest of six. So when we had Mother's Day at my house, it was 30 people there. All the mothers and everything. It was such a great thing, Father's Day, too. And, and I miss that. I really do miss that. Uh, but, you know, my my, my wife, she is a um, fantastic mother and uh, birthing person. <laughs> and uh, she'll be seeing her children today. Anyway, uh, happy birthday person day to you. How are you doing today, Paul? Is everything good? Yeah, I'm getting better. Yeah, you, you survived another week. <laughs> Yeah, barely. <laughs> Whew, it was rough. <laughs> it's a rough week. Um, I, I today today is a crazy show. I I mean, I was preparing today's show, and and I just had to say to myself, what's going on here? I mean, really? I mean, we're going to talk today about what's happening at the border. I mean, I'm so depressed about this. I can't tell you how stressed over this I am. Just to see just an invasion of our country happening now. And nobody's doing anything about it. You'll see later in the show, it is being facilitated by our government. I mean, this is treasonous what's happening. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about, uh, oh, Trump's town hall at CNN. Oh, boy, do we have a lot to talk about on that. Uh, Geez, we got to talk about, uh, there's just so much to talk about each and every week. Uh, and as I'm preparing for the show, I, I just it blows my mind the things that we're talking about now. Now I've been hosting a show for 23 years, and, and the things we talk about now, I, I couldn't even imagine five years ago that we'd be talking about the stuff that we're talking about now. But it is what it is, and uh, and uh, you're not going to hear this stuff that we're talking about on mainstream news, and that's why so many of you listen to the program and the podcast. So many things that we talk about on this program come true just months later. Uh, And we were talking about how many, for two years, maybe even longer, I've been talking about banks and how you shouldn't have your life savings there. What is the big news nowadays? The banking system, right? 
Well, you knew about it on this program years ago. And uh, I told you guys, my listeners, that you shouldn't have your life savings in banks. And many of you pulled it out, and it caused me a lot of problems. Trust me. Because banks saw money fleeing, uh, deposits fleeing in Ocean County because of things I said on this program. And, and, it, and it, again, caused me all kinds of problems that I, I endured and overcame. And I'm not going to get into the details of it. And I'm going to tell you again. Right? We are in a situation now that unless you prepare for what's happening now and what's coming, you're done. And it's very important that you listen to what I have to say on this program and you share it with people that you care about. Because, again, you're not going to hear it elsewhere. Now, we see continued problems in the banks. Um, It's not going away. Some information came out this week that illustrates how dire the situation is. Now, all the people out there, they're trying to tell you that everything's fine. When people tell you everything's fine, it's not. When people tell you anything, especially in the media or politicians, think just think the opposite. Just think the opposite. When CNN tells you that it's a mostly peaceful protest and you see flames in the background and the city is burning down, <laughs> don't believe your lying eyes. When Mayorkas and, and Biden and uh, KGP come out and say that immigration, uh, the border is not open, uh, immigra- illegal immigration is down 90%. It's the opposite. It's up 900%. But you're stupid. And you have to believe all the lies that you're told. It's, it's just unbelievable. Uh, we're going to talk about media corruption. The U.S. media, I mean, is beyond corrupt. It's beyond propaganda right now. I mean, they lie right to your face. Uh, and anybody who relies on mainstream media, which is still a good portion of American public, uh, they're being lied to, and they believe it. It's called gaslighting. Boy, you've heard that term, gaslighting. You know what it means? You know where it came from? You know, it's always... I've always had questions about it because it seems like there's almost a double standard to it. Well, gaslighting, there was a, I think there was a movie back in the 50s or something where the husband was trying to get the wife to be insane. So he would change the gas setting in the house so it would get warmer or colder. And she'd say, it's getting hot in here. He goes, no, it's not. And he would just lie to her and she would start thinking she was going insane. So gaslighting just simply means somebody lying to you. And making you think that you're going insane, that what you see with your own eyes isn't true. What you feel with your own body isn't true. So gaslighting is happening every day from the media, from the politicians, from the presidential administration. You have Mayorkas come out and say the border is not open. But then you turn on Fox News and you see a two-mile line of thousands. Oh, by the way, 81,000 people snuck into the country last week. 81,000 and now being, they're being dispersed amongst the country. And you know what? At least they're getting court dates that they have to show up at court. You know what the date is for some of these now? 2035. <laughs> All right, you snuck in our country illegally. Uh, we want you to show up for a hearing in 2035. I mean, are you kidding me? How do you process 81,000 people coming across the border? And that's nothing compared to the weeks ahead now that Title 42 is over. 
Uh, it's just outrageous what's going on. We're gonna second hour. We're gonna cover it. I mean, there's it's just too much to cover. It, it's all insane. But let's get back to what's going on in the banks. Um, uh, I got to be careful because I I, I don't want to exacerbate a bad situation. But if you have your life savings in any bank right now, you are insane. Listen to me. Smart money is fleeing the banks right now in, in, in a way that we've never seen before. And the, st- the statistics tell the story. And where's the money going? It's going into money market funds. I've never seen money flee banks like we're seeing now. Money market funds have seen $120 billion of inflows. In the last three weeks. That's huge. The amount of money in money market funds now is at a record high. I'm looking at a chart right now. Just from December. In December, um, January 1st, there was $4.7 billion in money market funds. Today, there's $5.4 trillion in money market funds. I mean, the chart is going straight up. And why is that? Two reasons. People are afraid of the banks going under, rightfully so, and we'll tell you why. They should be worried about it. Uh, And number two, they're not paying anything. You can get a much better return in a money market fund without the risk of a bank failure. Now, like I said, smart money is doing this. Dumb money is staying in the bank, and you don't want to be dumb money. I can't believe the number of emails and phone calls I'm getting from people all around the country asking me about, is this bank good? Is that No bank is good. They're all dealing with the same issues. Now, some banks are better than others. We're still seeing uh, borrowing from the Federal Reserve by banks skyrocketing. It's surging. It's not getting better. We're seeing the stocks of regional banks plunge last week. Now, some people have been saying that, uh, well, you know, the small banks, you know, the money's coming out of small banks, it's going into big banks. Well, not necessarily true. In the last 12 months, the four biggest banks in the United States have lost $470 billion in deposits. I thought the big banks were, the, were where everybody's putting their money. No, they're not. Money is leaving the banking system. I'm looking at a chart right now of deposits in banks. It's rarely ever gone down. It's plunging right now. And that has a lot of ramifications for the economy uh, and for the financial health of, of all of us. Um, So we're seeing uh, uh, continued outflows of money from the banking system. And why not? Why would you want to keep your money in a bank? Tell me, what are they doing for you? They're giving you a low rate of return. They're lending your money out on credit cards and mortgages and everything. And they're making the money on your money. And you're at risk that they'll close the door on you someday. You are a creditor. A lot of people think that their money's in the bank. No, it's not. Once you put your money in a bank, you've given it to the bank. It's their money. 
You've lent it to them. It's theirs. Just like when a, a bank gives you money, when you take a loan, it's your money then. Well, the same is true when you put deposit in the bank. It's their money. You are a creditor. And if they go under, all right, hopefully FDIC will be there for you. But let's look at some metrics in the banking system. What's going on right now? First of all, let's talk about the big banks. Uh, uh, This week, there was an update that came out on uh, bank derivatives. One of our um, one of our listeners sent um, John sent this to me this week. John, thanks for sending it. Uh, The list of uh, bank derivatives. Now, I I read this to you about six months ago. and J.P. Morgan Chase had the most derivatives at the time. Goldman Sachs has taken them over as far as derivatives go. Goldman Sachs has $53.2 trillion in derivatives. I didn't say billion. I said trillion. You know, a, a trillion seconds ago, you know how long ago that was? 36,000 years ago. Is a trillion seconds. We always try to give perspective here on the financial position and what these numbers mean. A million is a thousand thousand. A, tr- a billion is a thousand million. A trillion is a thousand billion. A quadrillion, we're going to start talking about that a lot now, is a thousand trillion. I mean, we're talking a lot of money <laughs> at the end of the day. One bank, Goldman Sachs, has $53.2 trillion in bets. J.P. Morgan Chase, the largest bank in the country, um, Potter Bank, uh, <laughs> we talked about last week. Henry Potter, thank you, thank you, Paul, for getting that for me. Uh, Henry Potter uh, is J.P. Morgan Chase, Jamie Dimon. Uh, you know, as banks are failing, they're taking all the all the good assets and sticking the taxpayer in FDIC with all the bad assets of these banks. Um, they're getting just bigger and bigger and more and more derivatives. They have fifty trillion dollars. And derivatives. So the two top banks in the United States, derivative-wise, have over $103 trillion in derivative bets. Citibank, $47 trillion, plus, plus another $243 billion, but let's just round it, round it down. Bank of America, $19.7 trillion. Oh, they only have $19.7 trillion in derivative bets, so they must be okay. And then lastly, the top five, Wells Fargo, $12.36 trillion. So the top three banks have $150 trillion in derivatives. Uh, if you want to take the top five, it's $182 trillion in derivatives. What could go wrong here? So as I said many times, I've, I steal a lot of stuff from people. But this one I made up myself. Okay. The three little piggies, right? The small banks, the medium banks, the regional banks with the the house made out of straw. And people are taking their money out, apparently, supposedly, and bringing it to the big banks, which is the house made out of sticks. Well, what happened to both houses? They both went down, didn't they? The house of hay went down first, the straw, and then the house of sticks went down. Why not take the money out and put it into a U.S. Treasury money market fund, and that's your house of bricks, of stone? Or better yet, gold. Gold. Gold bricks is better. So look at these derivatives. I'm looking at this list of derivatives, and, and it's just amazing. You know, I, I only gave you the top five banks. 
but you know, you go down, you know, go down a list, and you know, there's still hundreds of billions of dollars in the top twenty banks of derivatives. Now, that's a problem for the future. Uh, the problem right now for the smaller banks or the regional banks is really their portfolio of U.S. Treasury bonds that have gone down in value. Now, a report came out this week saying that 700, I think, and 70, 770 banks are insolvent right now. Totally insolvent. They have their portfolios down at least 50% versus their assets. So they're technically insolvent. That's 770 banks in the United States. And the insolvency that we're seeing in these banks happen overnight. It's so quick that it's impossible to even get ahead of it. By the time you know about it, you know, the bank's failing. Now, the FDIC and the Federal Reserve has done everything they can. Not one depositor has lost money yet. That's a good thing. But um, but something has absolutely happened in these banks, and it's going to come to the point, I think, where an emergency is going to be declared. Now, what do I think is going to happen? I think we're going to see an emergency in the banking system could happen very soon or it could happen six months from now. Hard to tell because things move so quickly is what's going to happen is there's going to be, in my opinion, a freeze on bank accounts where you're not going to be able to take your money out. You know, that's why we're trying they're trying to go to a digital currency because they feel once you're in a digital currency, you can never take cash. So you're just going to stay in the system. But you must get out of the system. The system is failing in front of our eyes. And if you want to stay in the system, that's up to you. And I'm seeing clients now that are absolutely fearful. And we're doing what we can to help them. We're getting them out of the system, out of the banking system. You don't have to be in the banking system. The problem is we've been... We've been... um, told that, you know, money in the bank, that's where you want to have it, right? Well, that may have been true 20 years ago, 50 years ago. It's not true now. All you're doing is making Jamie Dimon rich, er, and you're putting your whole future at risk. You know, there's something called normalcy bias, you know, meaning that whatever was the past we believe will be the future, uh, you got to get out of that. Times have changed. Times are different. Times are unique right now, and you have to adjust accordingly. You can't have the mindset that as was tomorrow, uh, uh, was yesterday, will be tomorrow. Now, Janet Yellen came out. You know, everybody's coming out and saying the banks are fine and everything, and they keep giving this. They're trying to tell you to stay in danger, right? Keep your money at risk because if everybody wants to take it out, and it's just going to exacerbate the situation. So uh, Janet Yellen uh, was speaking this week, and, and she's so incompetent. By the way, everybody running monetary policy in the United States right now is idiots. Everything they're doing is the opposite of what should be done to protect the system. And maybe that's by design. You know, a lot of people I follow say this is, this is a controlled demolition that they want all these smaller banks to fail 
so the bigger banks like J.P. Morgan and Bank of America could take all the assets. Then we're going to have five huge banks in the country that could easily be controlled, and then they're going to institute the digital currency. And it'll be much easier to control it through five banks than 4,000. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. Seems so. But listen to what Janet Yellen has to say. And, you know, she's, uh, like I said, she's a grandmother. She looks like my grandmother. And she should be at home watching Wheel of Fortune every day instead of running the Treasury Department. Oh, by the way, she used to be Federal Reserve Chairperson. Can't say chairwoman or man anymore. I don't think either. Uh, But uh, this person's totally incompetent. But you should trust her. There's still some tremors in the banking system. In two months, almost to the date, we've had four U.S. lenders fail. But the administration continuously says that the banking sector is sound and resilient. Is that a fair assessment when you look at the regional banking sector? Well, the regional banks have been under some stress. But I think the banks that have failed have had some very unique characteristics that have made them vulnerable. Um, The banks that failed tended to have um, substantial um, losses, mark-to-market losses on their hold-to-maturity portfolios. So although their regulatory capital wasn't impaired, um, their tangible equity was diminished. And they simultaneously had a very high proportion of uninsured deposits. And that profile is not very common. But look, a lot of banks, particularly regional banks, um, are seeing their earnings come under pressure. Um, The amount that they're having to pay for deposits is rising, Mm -hmm. and in many cases, their investments are at lower interest, and their stock prices are coming under pressure. But most banks now, um, even including the ones that have that are seeing pressure on their stock prices, have solid liquidity, would be able to manage paying off on insured depositors if they were to flee. Um, Are you confident no other regional or small lenders will fail? Well, look, I don't want to talk about the situations of individual banks, but um, what I see is a banking system that overall is well capitalized, still has very solid earnings, and um, we've improved uh, the available liquidity to the banking system. All right, let me uh, let me interpret this for you. The banking system is broke. <laughs> it's insolvent. Uh, but they have plenty of liquidity. Uh, so, so what she's trying to explain to you here, I'm not going to talk about individual banks, and some banks are coming under pressure, their stock. Yeah, like uh, Pacific uh, West that was down 30% in one day last week. Uh, it's what you don't know. So she's lying to you, like everybody in government and the media. It's 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 a lie. Um. The banking system is in crisis right now. Crisis. Uh, and uh, how anybody can have their life savings in a bank account, any bank, any bank, because you don't know what's under the hood until it's too late. And like I said, so far, nobody's lost a dime in their deposits because FDIC and the Federal Reserve has stepped in um, and made everybody whole. Uh, what happens when a big bank finally goes under? 
According uh, to the latest H8 report from the Fed, on a seasonally adjusted basis, total U.S. commercial bank deposits fell by $13.8 billion during the week, ended 5-3. All right, so money is still coming out of the banking system in a big way. Um, and uh, that's underestimated. They, they, people are saying it's really $25.4 billion last week. And it's mainly smart money. It's mainly people who have money that's uninsured because, you know, 40-something percent of bank deposits are not insured. Why is that, Lou? Because it's businesses, small, medium, large businesses. They don't have 250000 in a bank. They have $5 million, $10 million in a bank. And if you fear that, that, that you're only going to be insured for two fifty in a crisis... You're going to take the money out, and that's what's happening. And the money's flowing into money market funds. Large banks saw the biggest outflows. I thought all the money's going into the big banks. Isn't that what they're trying to tell you? That Yeah, if they're, if they're taking them out of the small banks, they're putting them in big banks. Large banks lost $17.2 billion last week. Small banks only lost $8.2 billion. And the money's going into money market funds. And smart money's going into treasury-only money market funds. And it's important that you understand the difference. I mean, a money market fund, a regular money market fund that does not say U.S. Treasury only or, or U.S. government is made up of three components. It's made up of bank CDs. Well, geez, I just got out of the bank. Why do I want to put my money in a money market fund that has bank CDs? And my, 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 obviously, a money market fund has billions of dollars, so 250000 insurance on these bank CDs doesn't mean anything. Uh, it has commercial paper. Commercial paper is short-term loans to companies, corporations, that mature in 120 days or less. So they're government bonds. Neither CDs nor government bonds are guaranteed commercial paper, anything else. So, you know, it's is that a safe place to be? It's not it's not a house made out of stone or brick. It's still a house made out of sticks. A US and, and the third component in these money market funds is US Treasury bills that are guaranteed. Now if you go to a US Treasury only money market fund, right, it only has T bills in it. So it is one hundred percent rock solid guaranteed. Gets a little lower yield than other money market funds, but right now, right around 4.5%, which is pretty good, without the risk of worrying about your bank, worrying about FDIC, worrying about the system collapsing. And I really struggle with today's program because, like I said, I don't want to exacerbate a bad situation, but if I had a lot of money in the bank, I'd be there tomorrow. And I'd be looking uh, at a money market fund, U.S. Treasury, every mutual fund has it. You can go to Fidelity, you can go to Vanguard. You probably could even go to that that office in the b- corner office in the bank where the guy sells investments and just tell him, I want a U.S. Treasury money market fund. I don't want your annuity. I don't want your mutual funds. I want a U.S. Treasury money market fund. Either you give it to me or I'm taking the money out of the bank and putting it in Vanguard or Fidelity. 
or T. Rowe Price or anywhere else, every mutual fund company has a U.S. Treasury money market fund. Every brokerage firm does. And I've had my clients in the U.S. Treasury money market for the last year. Uh, and uh, we sleep at night. But I'm telling you, the story here in banks is not over. They want that, you know, media's been told not to talk about it. So you're not hearing as much about it. But it's happening. I have nothing but dreadful data in front of me, just dreadful. Uh, What else do we have here? Uh, We got the debt ceiling issue. That's another thing that's coming to the forefront. Um, we probably have two weeks left of that before the we run out of money. This came out uh, today. No, yesterday. U.S. Treasury Department said that there is only $88 billion in extraordinary measures left for the government to pay its bills as of Wednesday. Down from $110 billion a week earlier. So... Uh, you know, now there's talk about, you know, the uh, Biden administration is that, oh, we can't allow America to default on our debt. Default. That's that's just a scare tactic. We won't default on our debt. All we have to do is prioritize paying our debt payments, our interest and our principal uh, and not pay other parts of the government. We have enough taxes. I Last I looked on my paycheck, taxes were coming out. Paul, did you? Money come out of your tax, your paycheck this week? A lot. All right. So where's that going? It's going to the Treasury, right? So you're telling me that the Treasury doesn't have enough money to pay interest on our debt of our entire budget? Of course they do. And when bonds come due, they can issue new ones because the debt went down for that amount. So if we have we have $10 billion in bonds maturing and we issue $10 billion of new debt, it didn't change the debt ceiling at all. We can do this. We're not going to default on our debt unless the government purposely does it. And uh, they may do that just to just to uh, to try to blame the Republicans on this. Um, so, uh, you know, Janet Yellen delivered really good news this week, an interview with Bloomberg TV, Treasury Secretary and the former Fed chair. You know, she's been fear-mongering. She's been doing everything she can to make everybody terrified uh, that if we don't uh, raise the debt ceiling cleanly without spending cuts, uh, that the federal government will renege on our debt for the first time in history. Um, But the U.S. can easily prioritize debt payments. I mean, we know this. You don't know it. I know it. But they may not want to do that. Because, again, that's the leverage they have over the Republicans. And they're also saying whether or not they may not be able to pay Social Security payments. Again, scared of seniors, right? They could pay your Social Security. Maybe they can't put money into the uh, Department of Energy, the Department of Education. Maybe they can't pay some contractors. Maybe they'll have to defer salaries for federal workers. They could do all that. And make sure that they pay our debt. I mean, think about it. In your own household, right? You're going to pay your mortgage, right? 
You may not pay your electric bill and stuff. You'll maybe drag that on a little bit, but you know, you'll pay your most important bills. And we can do that in the United States. So anytime you hear the United States is going to default on its debt for the first time, that's bull. Last month, Yellen said a default on our debt would produce an economic and financial catastrophe. And it's unlikely that the federal government will be able to issue payments to millions of Americans, including our military families and seniors who rely on Social Security. The only way they would not send out your Social Security check is if they're doing it on purpose to hurt you. And I want to put it past this administration to do that, to default on our debt, to have S&P come out and lower our ratings, to cause the stock market to crash. That's what they want, and you have to understand that. And we look like we're looking at a game of chicken right now. And it's going to come down to the last moment, or we're even going to go past that deadline. And then once the markets crash, finally there'll come some, some kind of uh, negotiation. But right now, the Biden administration, they had a meeting, what, last week? And uh, what was the use of the meeting? The Biden administration says, no, we want a clean debt ceiling. We don't want any spending cuts. We want $4.5 trillion raise. Republicans come in and say, we passed a bill in the House to raise the debt ceiling. But the Democrats in the Senate and the president don't want it. So the Republicans' message has got to be, we raised the debt ceiling in our bill. The administration doesn't want to have any spending cuts. So it's them. But, you know, their, their, their compliant media will come out and they'll trash the Republicans as it's their fault, even though they passed the bill. So she says uh, we're going to run out of money by June 1st. Well, today is May 14th. We're talking two weeks. And they were supposed to meet on Friday. That was delayed. And by the way, Congress is all going home for recess now, so the Congress isn't even there. Now, I'm very concerned that this administration will to inflict the most pain to Americans and blame the Republicans and try to get a political victory on this. It, it will default on our debt and will withhold your Social Security payment when they don't have to do it. I don't put anything past this administration. Now, Social Security was created in 1935, has never missed a benefit payment. And we'll see what they do now. And now the Treasury's coming out and saying, well, we can't really, uh, we don't have the, the technical infrastructure to prioritize payments. Bulldog, I say. They can so what are they doing? They're trying to set us up for default. They're trying to set us up. So when they miss your Social Security payment, well, we couldn't we couldn't pay it. We can't pick and choose. Now, um, would that be good politically to not send you your Social Security payment uh, in a time when people are struggling? And uh, I don't think so. But this administration has done many things that aren't politically expedient <laughs> uh, you know what i mean uh so why would they do this they've made blunders all along the way 
And uh, maybe they don't pay our military people. Maybe that's what they'll do. They'll pay welfare and food stamps, but they won't pay, you know, our soldiers overseas. But I want to take anything off the table uh, with them. So we've got lots of things going on, um, and it's not good. None of it is good. And now the debt ceiling is at the forefront. Now, if we look at financial markets, again, they've been whistling past the graveyard for weeks now, the stock market. I, I just don't understand it. Uh, it's going to come in one fell swoop out of nowhere. But the, the markets are really, you know, flatlining in front of what I think is going to be a catastrophe. For the week, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was down a little over 1%. Up a fraction of a percent for the year, up 0.46. S&P 500 down uh, about a third of a point, uh, still up 7.41% for the year. Think about that. The the S&P 500 is up 7.41% for the year with all the stuff that's been going on. Bank failures, inflation. Now we're starting to see uh, increase in layoffs and first-time claims for unemployment. Um, But the stock market's up. Nasdaq's up even more. Nasdaq was up four tenths of one percent last week, up seventeen point three seven percent for the year. Oh, by the way, five stocks are really driving everything. It's the big fang stocks: Facebook, Google, Apple. Uh, if you take them out of the mix, market's not doing too good. Ten-year Treasury bond hanging around three and a half percent. Gold. Uh, you know, after hitting a record high last week, uh, closed the week at uh, $2,010 an ounce. Uh, still very cheap in my my estimation. Silver, $24. Silver got hit hard last week. Why? Who knows? Silver is the most manipulated market in the world. Was 26 a couple of weeks ago, 24 today. Bitcoin, uh, after hitting 30000 plus, down to 26600 on the way down again. 30-year fixed mortgage coming down a little bit, interest rates in the mortgage market, uh, 6.30% for a 30-year fixed rate. That's the average in America. U.S. dollar index up a little bit last week, uh, 102.71. We watched that because that, that, that gives us the value of the U.S. dollar relative to other currencies. They're all crappy currencies, so comparing uh, the dirtiest linen in the, in the laundry. And money market rates, we're going to start quoting this each week because it's very important because this is what's attracting money out of the banks and exacerbating the banking problem. Money market rates, 45 uh, to 5%, depending on the type of money market account. That's pretty good, risk-free money, without having to worry about what's going on in the banks. So lots of moving pieces out there. Uh, I can't stress enough to you. If you listen to this program long enough, I've been telling you, what was going to happen. I've been telling you about the, the banks and what was going to go down. For two years now, I've been telling you this. Maybe longer. And many of you have, have, have taken action. This is a time in life now where you can't do nothing. It's up to you to take control of what's going on. To, to to inform yourself what's going on. That's why you listen to this program, because you're not going to learn it anywhere else. I've done the research for you. I have the sources that gave me this information. Uh, it's up to you to act on it. 
You want to keep all your money in a bank? Good luck. Hopefully you're a religious person. And hopefully you're you're very prayerful. And the time is short, in my opinion. I'm telling you, they're going to lock up your accounts. That's my opinion. They're going to lock your accounts. Because money is fleeing the banking system. They can't allow it to continue. And they're going to shut the door on you. They're going to tell you, and you heard it here first, that they're going to tell you that due to an emergency in the banking system, we have to freeze withdrawals to the $250 a day. And now you're trapped. So it's up to you. You know, you could do something. You could take your money out and put it in the money market fund or treasury bills or alternative investments. Or you could stay in the banking system and pray. I'm a big believer in prayer, uh, but I'm a big believer in action. Uh, right? Uh, I'm not, uh, yeah, I'm praying for people in the banks. I'm praying for you guys that are still there. Uh, but uh, I'm not there. I'm not going to rely on my prayers to protect my life savings. All right, let's take a break. 732-237-9626 is the call number. My name is Luz Katigna. Don't go away. I'm Luz Katigna, certified financial planner, author, president of AFM Investments, and the host of The Financial Physician. Heard each Sunday morning, 7 to 9, right here on 92.7 WOBM, or anytime at thefinancialphysician.com. Don't let interest rates, inflation, and market volatility keep you awake at night. Come to my Tom's River office for a no-obligation professional diagnosis of your financial health. I'll review your investments, income taxes, and retirement plan. I'll suggest a comprehensive financial and estate plan that will improve your financial health and, most importantly, lower your financial risk during these uncertain times. If you are retired or plan to retire, I will show you strategies designed to increase your income and protect your estate from nursing home costs. Call us at 732-905-8100 and get on the road to a healthy financial future. That's 732-905-8100. Join me Sunday morning, 7 to 9 for The Financial Physician right here on 92.7 WOBM or listen to the podcast at thefinancialphysician.com. Securities transactions through Lee Baldwin & Company, member of FINRA and SIPC, registered investment advisory service to afford Advisory Group. Jersey Shore Septic and Sewer, a family-owned and operated premier septic installation and repair company with more than a decade of experience in the septic services. Jersey Shore Septic and Sewer provides full-service maintenance and cleaning services, pumping septic tanks, repairing broken sewer lines, cleaning of grease tanks for restaurants, as well as real estate septic inspections, repairs, and installations. Phone 732-600-8721 or go to jerseyshoreseptic.com to learn more. Jersey Shore Septic and Sewer. Top quality work at the most affordable rates. If you're a small business, your expertise is taking care of customers. Our expertise is saving you time and money. We're the state's New Jersey Business Action Center, NJ Back. Get answers about government resources that can help you grow and thrive. From how to be a vendor with government to your business to finding capital. We've got your back at the back. Call us at 1-800-JERSEY-7. That's 1-800-JERSEY-7. This message sponsored by the New Jersey Business Action Center, the New Jersey Broadcasters Association, and this station. Do you have a home to sell? Do you need to buy a home? Or maybe you would like to consider a career in real estate? Well, you need to contact my brother, Mark Skatigna. He's the broker manager of Coldwell Banker Flanagan Realty on Route 70 in Manchester. Mark has helped so many of my clients with either the sale of their home or to purchase a new home. All of them could not have been happier with his help. What about an exciting new career in real estate? Maybe you're finding you have 
have more time on your hands than you would like to after retiring from your full-time job. And they're also looking to make some extra income. With flexible hours to still enjoy your free time and income that could be limitless, Mark could train you to be as successful as you would like to be and enjoy a rewarding career in real estate. For help with any of your real estate needs, as well as any information on a career in real estate, call my brother Mark Skatigna at Coldwell Banker Flanagan Realty. His number is 732-657-6200. That's 732-657-6200. Mark Skatigna, Coldwell Banker Flanagan Realty. Give him a call. You'll be happy you did. The following is a paid program. Views contained within do not necessarily reflect those of the staff management or sponsors of Town Square Media. Call the financial physician now at 732-237-9626. Here's Luz Katigna. All right, if you miss any of our program, listen to the podcast of the of the show uh, at the financial physician. Com. We have the show up right after the show's over at 9 a.m. Eastern Time Sunday morning. We have the full two-hour podcast of the program, and so many of you do listen to the show on podcast uh, only. You don't get up early, and um, I don't know. I'm pondering bringing this show to the podcast only. What do you think, you know, listeners to this show who listen live on this station? Would you would you would you go to the website, listen to the podcast, where I could talk freely? <laughs> about everything not that i don't hear on the show and i gotta admit the, sh- the, the station's been really good with me they don't give me a hard time on things that i talk about and i have to give the station credit for that because you know a lot of people are being censored now and i talk about things that on some other platforms uh, i i've already been banned from youtube for life uh i'm I, by the way i'm on rumble you know if any of you want to see i you know i I post on Rumble videos uh, of this show. I'm going to be doing a lot more stuff um, uh, on the podcast, on the website. Uh, we're going to be doing midweek updates. We're going to do uh, uh, lectures. We're going to do all kinds of stuff at thefinancialphysician.com. So if you go and you listen to, um, I do the opening usually, the monologue I do in the beginning of the first half hour. So we videotape it and we put it on Rumble later in the week. And people listen to it later on, and we, we get a lot of people following us. So go to Rumble, look up my name, Lou Skategna, or the financial physician, and uh, subscribe and uh, become part of the the family here. Because ultimately, I think I'm going to be on podcast only, um, just so I could speak freely and have a lot more flexibility when I do it. Uh, I'm still pondering that. But anyway, if you uh, uh, if you come on to listen to a Sunday morning and you hear music, uh Chances are uh, I'm on the podcast, so just go to the website, thefinancialphysician.com, where we have the podcast of the show. You can listen to it at your leisure 24-7. Share it with people that you think can benefit by it. Love your emails, lou at thefinancialphysician.com, lou at thefinancialphysician.com. If you have something you want me to – many of you send me all kinds of links to stories and stuff. I love that, you know, and uh, uh, and a lot of that stuff gets on the air here. Um, and uh, if you have a personal finance question, I'm, I'm – Dealing a lot with a lot of emails of people who are scared uh, and want to know what to do. And I, I, I'll direct you, you know, what to do with your funds. Uh, I'm meeting a lot. I, I offer a no-obligation consultation with, with our listeners. You want to come in or you want to do a phone consultation to talk about, you know, options that you may have. Uh, we have people all across the country calling up and sending me emails and asking me what to do. And we'll do the best to advise you. All right. We live in uncertain times right now, uh, more than ever. And uh, you have to, like I said before the break, you have to take action. It's up to you to protect yourself. It's not up to anybody else. Don't look to the government. Don't look to the FDIC. It's up to you. And you have nobody to blame but yourself. 
if things go the wrong way. Um, phone number here seven three two two three seven nine six two six. Last week, I left a few listeners hanging. Uh, Paul told me that we had some listeners on, and I just totally forgot about it and left you hanging. So if you called last week and I didn't put you on, please call again. Um, we'll get you on the air. Um, I get so caught up in this stuff uh, that, that I just got totally absorbed in it, and I didn't pick up the call. So love your calls if you want to join us in the program, 237-732-237-9626. Now, this economic downturn that we're witnessing now, and, and and even though they're trying to make it look better than it is, the Biden administration, we're going into an election cycle here, uh, it is getting horrible. And it's starting to really bite. People are starting to feel it. And unless you're independently wealthy, you're likely feeling the pain too. I mean, with inflation, the cost of living uh, hitting extreme levels, uh, a lot of people are feeling it. And with two-thirds of the country, um, two-thirds of families, paycheck to paycheck, uh, it, it really hurts. And we've had 25 straight months of negative wa- real wage growth. What does that mean? I mean, if inflation is running at 5% a year and your wages are going up 3% a year, you're losing 2% in purchasing power. So real wages in the country have been shrinking for 25 straight months. For 25 straight months, the inflation rate has exceeded wage increases. And and, and, and that's very painful. Everything is going up in cost, but I'm not making enough money. And many American families are hitting the breaking point. I mean, if you're paycheck to paycheck, what happens when you lose your job and there's no paycheck? There's a there's an unemployment check. Well, this week, first time claims for unemployment were the, were the highest they've been since COVID. But meanwhile, the government will come out and tell you that the unemployment rate's three point four percent, and uh, two hundred and fifty five thousand jobs were created last last month. It's all bullcrap. It's all lies. Nothing that comes out of the government today is real or truthful. Americans now, here's a headline for you. There goes the U.S. consumer. Credit card data reveals the first drop in household spending in two years. As upper income wages tumble and unemployment benefits soar. One of the biggest mysteries of the U.S. economy is how it is possible that If one believes the various government data collection agencies, the U.S. consumer remains this strong, this late into the business cycle. Uh, Well, if you look at it, we have near record surge in credit card debt. Well, that explains it. I'm looking at a chart here of credit card debt soaring to record highs. Americans have to use credit cards to pay for their bills and their food and their gasoline. Food banks. Lines around food banks are soaring. This is a headline, and this is from a a guy who runs food banks in Ohio. Quote, unquote, it scares me to death. More Ohio families turn to food banks amid cost of living crisis. Food banks across Ohio have seen a surge in demand, with some running at double capacity amid increasing food insecurity, Um, The Mid-Ohio Food Collective, a food bank providing free grocery store experience. What is it? Like you go in there and you just shop 
like a grocery store and just walk out without having to pay anybody? Where are these food banks getting all this food with all this demand? Where does it come from? According to its website, the food bank is already providing 170,000 meals each day for hungry people in central and eastern Ohio. Now I use Ohio. This is just the article from a local Ohio newspaper, but you know it's happening across the country. Right now, we're running 47% higher in 23 than we did a year ago, said Matt Habash, CEO of the Mid-Ohio Food Collective, and told ABC News, I thought it would drop after the pandemic, but I don't think there's an end in sight. It scares me to death, he said. And it's not people who are homeless. You're getting that, of course. It's people who have jobs, people who never went to a food bank before. And let's face it, I mean, groceries now are 23% more expensive than they were a year ago. But inflation is only 4.9%, you see. Roughly 24.6 million adults didn't have enough to eat in early April compared to 16.7 million the same month two years ago. That's a huge increase. And again, these are people who hold jobs. They just have to decide, do I buy groceries or I pay the electric bill? He goes on to say, uh, the misconception that a lot of people carry is that it's only the homeless, that it's always the people who are on drugs and alcohol that visit um, food banks and kitchens. We do see a large population of that, but there's a lot of families, working families that are in need of food. They're not homeless. They're not couch surfing. They actually have a place. Unbelievable. Um, And we're seeing this all around the country. It's very sad. Very sad. And this is only the beginning of the downturn. I mean, we haven't seen the huge layoffs that are coming. And it could happen to any of us. I don't look down at these people at all. And, and, And who is there to blame on this? It's always somebody we have to blame, right? How about the Federal Reserve, this unconstitutional organization that created this inflation in the first place with all the free money they were printing, the quantitative easing, and now they're raising rates as the economy contracts, which is against every rule of central banking. You don't raise interest rates into a declining economy, but that's exactly what they're doing. And, and even the Federal Reserve is admitting that more than a million Americans can soon lose their jobs. That would make them very happy if a million people lost their jobs. That'll help inflation. Sure would. If you're broke and you have no money, you can't pay for anything. I consider a million people and a million families losing their jobs as a catastrophe. But not the Federal Reserve. They would be very happy about that. Because they still have their jobs, right? Federal Reserve is projecting that more than a million Americans could lose their jobs in the months ahead. And I think the projections are pretty optimistic on their point. I think many, many millions of people are going to lose their job. Um, according to Challenger Gray and Christmas, the number of layoffs during the first three months of this year was 396% higher than the number of layoffs during the same period in 2022. That's four times. Oh, but the unemployment rate is only 3.4. 
That's what the Biden administration tells you. And 255,000 jobs were created last month. Well, if you believe that one, uh, I have a bridge to sell you somewhere. So that's what they're trying to create. They're trying to create unemployment and poverty. You got banks failing. You got people losing their jobs. You got food banks with lines, football fields long. You got inflation out of control. You got the Fed raising interest rates. And this is just the beginning. The most recent projections from the Fed show that officials expect unemployment to rise to 4.6% by the end of the year, up from the current rate of 3.4. That's a pretty big increase in just another seven months. I think it's going to be worse. And then you see the increase in um, in layoffs. Um, you see the increase in shoplifting. Where people are just going in stores and stealing diapers. I mean, because they just can't afford them. Not to mention the um, organized theft that's going on in big cities. Where these just gangs just come right into a store and just take everything. And that's why major major retailers are shutting down their stores in San Francisco and New York and so forth. Uh... The next year to drop in the banking system is commercial real estate. And I've been talking about this for some time. You know, we talk about things before it happens here on the show. Listen to these headlines. It's going to be ugly. Commercial real estate predictions turn dire. Morgan Stanley slides as credit loss provisions surge due to commercial real estate exposure. State of commercial real estate. Sharp spike in office delinquency rates coming. Commercial real estate crisis crosses the Atlantic. Sweden's largest commercial landlord implodes after getting junked and halting dividend. European commercial real estate values may fall up to 40%, says Citibank. Things are so bad in New York that you could have 26 Empire State buildings empty in office space. That's how much empty office space there is. In New York City, occupancy rates are at 50% of pre-pandemic levels. 50%. You see the skyline of New York City's, all those big skyscrapers are office buildings. They're half empty. People are working from home. Businesses realize that that works okay. Instead of uh, my employees spending four hours a day commuting, uh, they're working from home and they're being much more productive. And we don't have to pay the rent on this very expensive office building. And by the way, this is hurting mass transit systems in these cities because nobody needs them. It's hurting restaurants. It's hurting small businesses that, that they're used to people coming into the city to work and then go to lunch and so forth and so on. It, it goes down the ladder. In Los Angeles, the vacant office space is equivalent to 31 U.S. bank towers. Uh, not to mention people are afraid of getting killed by going into the city on the way to work, mugged, beaten. I mean, the senseless violence that we see in this country is, is just out of control. I mean, the evil that we're seeing, in the it's a whole nother story. Maybe we'll talk about that in the second hour. I mean, it's just 
Everything is just falling apart. And these banks have to refinance trillions of dollars of these these loans against these office buildings. How's that going to happen? At double or triple the rate that these, these loans are now, and these office buildings are half empty. That's the next shoe to drop. And this is not going to hurt the small banks. This is going to hurt the big banks, too. So it's not good, people. I hate to be gloom and doom, but I'm telling you what's happening out there. Uh, it's uh, The shoe is about to drop. The second half of 2023 is going to be extraordinary and very, very negative. And the reason I tell you this is not to scare you, is to tell you, as I said earlier, it's up to you to make the changes in your life that you need to to get through this period. Uh, because we've been right on a lot of things we've talked about here on this program months ago. And our listeners are ahead of the game. And hopefully you'll do the right thing for yourself. All right, top of the hour. If you're on the line, just stay right there. We'll get to you right on the other side of the break. The phone number here is 732-237-9626. My name is Lou Skatigny. You're listening to The Financial Physician. See you after the break. It's time for Americans to grow up and become financially responsible. Let's talk about something important. If you're in it for the money, that's not a bad thing. Do you realize how much money he just saved us? This is The Financial Physician with Lou Scatigna. The Financial Physician. It's the fastest hour in Money Talk Radio. It's also my pleasure to see to it that decent, hardworking people in this community aren't robbed blind by a pack of money-mad pirates. This is financial advice you can take to the bank. He's your money man. Show me the money. Your source for straightforward, no-nonsense financial advice. Bring me your money questions, because I'm here to help. And now, here he is, the financial physician, America's money doctor, Lou Scatigna. All right, my friends, welcome to hour two of our two-hour program, The Financial Physician, where we talk money, markets, politics, current events, and anything that affects your life. And we live in crazy, crazy times right now, and um, we're not afraid to report it to you, uh, straightforward, uh, no nonsense, no censoring, no political correctness. We talk about what's really going on here in Biden's America, and it is crazy and uh, unimaginable just a few years ago, the things that are going on now. In the second hour of the show, we tend to be more current events, politics, and things. First hour and more financial, and we got lots to talk about on this hour. Love your participation in the program, 732-237-9626. If you missed the first hour, uh, you certainly want to, especially if you have any money in the bank. If you have any money in any bank, listen to the first hour of our program. It may save your financial life. Uh, just go to thefinancialphysician.com. Right after the show is over at 9 o'clock Eastern time, Sunday morning, we put up the podcast of the show. And uh, our full two-hour program is available to you 24-7. You can listen to it at your leisure and you're going to want to listen to it, and you're going to want to share it, all right? Very, very important that we share the information that you get here on the program. All right, 732-237-9626. Let's go to the phones and welcome Larry from Forked River. Larry, how are you? How are you doing, Lou? I don't know. I really don't know. Don't know. I don't know. I, I, I think I'm doing okay because I've taken the actions necessary to protect my family, uh, my clients, uh, uh, I think I'm going to be okay. Uh, but, you know, the country is in a bad situation right now, and unfortunately it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. And we have no leadership. Uh, 
whether it's uh, presidential leadership, uh, whether it's leadership in Congress, whether it's leadership in monetary policy through the Treasury and the Fed, everything is bad, and uh, we have no competent people to make it better. Well, here's my question. The Social Security, that's a trust fund, right? Yes. Uh Trustees have a fiduciary responsibility, correct? Yes. So they're not doing their job, so why can't we get rid of them? And I also found out that your favorite person is on the trustees, which is Janet Yellen. You know, it's funny that you use the term trustee. What's the first part of that word, trust? I have no trust. I have no trust in anybody that's running government now. Uh, so the word trustee is kind of a misnomer, and trust fund is a misnomer, too, because there's no money in the trust fund. It's all been borrowed by the federal government. Uh, we have IOUs from the federal government. You know, there was supposed to be, remember the old term they used to use, lockbox, Social Security lockbox, and all the money. that the, For years, Social Security took in more than it paid out. And that money was supposed to be in the trust fund. That extra billions of dollars was supposed to be there for later on because as, as more and more people retire, the baby boomers, you have less workers per retired person, you have more people retiring, that the trust fund, the excess from all those years would be used to pay the shortfall and the Social Security trust fund would last longer. But the federal government borrowed it all. And spent it on deficit spending. So they got treasury bonds in there or IOUs from the government. So there's no money in a trust fund. And uh, they keep telling us that, well, we're not going to run out of money in the trust fund until 2033 or 2034, whatever it is now. But how they, they just raised the cost of living this year 8.7%. Uh, and if inflation continues to, 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 to be bad... That's going to become closer and closer and closer to current times. So, and by law, they're supposed to cut benefits to eighty uh, percent as soon as the trust fund becomes insolvent. That's a law right now. Uh, are we all going to get twenty percent decreases in our social security at a time of, of rampant inflation? I don't know, uh, but I don't trust anything. When you hear the word trust fund in the government, I don't believe it. Okay. Here's another question for you. In the future, if things go south, which would you rather have, a paper dollar bill or four quarters? I would want four quarters pre-1966 that are 90% silver. Uh, that's what I'd want. I wouldn't want a regular quarter because it's no different than a dollar bill. Uh, it's still fiat currency. Uh, I'd rather have a precious metals-based uh, uh, currency, whether it's an American Eagle or whether it's uh, what they call junk silver. Junk silver, I don't know where they get the word junk from because it's not junk, it's just the opposite. Junk silver or junk coins or anything minted after 1966 that doesn't have the amount of silver in it that coins used to have. Uh, but, but the term junk silver is dimes and quarters and half dollars that were minted prior, I think, to 1966 because they had 90% silver content in them. So, yeah, I'd rather have those quarters uh, pre-1966. It makes no difference if I have four quarters uh, or a dollar bill uh, in, in current currency. It's, it's all it's all fiat, garbage, toilet paper, whatever you want to call it. Okay. All right. 
I'll start looking through my kids' banks. <laughs> yeah. uh, Larry, thanks for the call. <laughs> All right. Take it easy. Uh, all right. Bye. All right. Uh, he's right. You know, who knows the trust, what the story is with Social Security and a trust fund. Uh, we had a pretty nice couple of years, actually, of cost of living adjustments in Social Security because of inflation. And, it, and it's never a- accurate. It never really truly reflects the cost of living for seniors. Uh, but the C- Senior Citizens League predicts that Social Security benefits are only going to increase 3.1% for 2024, which will be the lowest amount in three years. Why? Because inflation is starting to go down, at least according to the government's figures, if you trust them. Uh, that we may be going up about 3%. Um, I guess that's good for the trust fund. Uh, you know, you know. on one hand, I love to see our seniors get more money in the face of this inflation. Uh, but on the other hand, it's just going to make the trust fund insolvent quicker. I don't know. It's all bad. It's all crazy. Uh, so let's shift gears this week. Uh, CNN, who's had awful ratings, uh, is probably on the verge of bankruptcy, had a smart idea. They thought, well, maybe we could have an earnings bona- uh, a, ra- a ratings bonanza by bringing Donald Trump on and doing a town hall with him. And they brought out uh, uh, this woman, Caitlin, whatever her name was, I forgot. I'd never seen her before because nobody watches CNN. I don't know who she is. Uh, to be the moderator of this, and she wasn't a moderator at all. She was just an attack dog against Donald Trump, and it backfired big time. I mean, Donald Trump wiped the floor with her. Uh, he had a very pro-Trump audience uh, that were clapping every time he, he, he gave an answer, uh, and it was a disaster for CNN. Now, I don't know how many people watch this because nobody watches CNN. I, I, I guess a lot of uh, a lot of Trump fans did. Um, and we're going to play some of these clips because if you didn't hear them, it, it was just amazing. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind now, unless they arrest Donald Trump and put him in jail, which they may very well try to do. Not Biden, by the way. <laughs> we'll talk about him later. Uh, but uh, Trump is a shoe to be the Republican nominee now. It's not even close. There's no, no reason to even have a primary season. DeSantis has no chance against him. I mean, it's not happening. And that town hall that Trump participated in Wednesday night or whatever it was uh, made it more uh, absolute that he's going to be the nominee. I mean, it's it's what it is. And let's listen to some of these clips from this. And, and, and then we're going to talk about how the left in this country just went crazy over it. Uh, let's see. What is a good thing here? Um, uh, now, now, uh, the moderator, whoever she was, all she did was interrupt him, attack him. She spent a half hour talking about January 6th, not about inflation, not about Afghanistan, not about, you know, uh, the Ukrainian war. It was half, half an hour. Now, this was supposed to go an hour and a half. Trump was destroying them so much that they ended it 20 minutes earlier. It's kind of like the mercy rule. Yeah, If you ever had a kid in, in, in baseball, you know, once the score gets too lopsided on one direction, they stop playing just out of mercy for the team that's losing. Uh, they stopped this because it was just it was a technical knockout. And uh, and of course, the liberals melted down on it. Uh, but let's listen to. Um, uh, she talks about January 26th and how Trump didn't respond and he let this insurrection take place. 
problems was that Nancy Pelosi, Crazy Nancy as I affectionately call her, Crazy Nancy Pelosi and the mayor of Washington were in charge, as you know, of security. And they They're did not, not do their the job. You're in charge of the National Guard. Well, I offered them National Guard. I said, we'll give you soldiers, we'll give you National Guard, we'll give you whatever you want. And they turned me down. You're and in fact, she secretary. turned me down. She turned, excuse me, she turned me down in writing. But you said you weren't very involved that day. You did tell your supporters to come to Washington. You tweeted about it, about sure, that speech that happened on the rally. Am I allowed so when to they, say that? When they went to the Capitol and they were breaking into the Capitol, smashing windows, injuring police officers, why did you? Why did it take you three hours to tell them to go home? I don't believe it did. Oh, let me pull it out. I have All right, so listen to the audience. This is the biggest problem for CNN and the left in this country is hearing the audience uh, 100% behind him. And this is the thing that kind of freaks them out because they're like, how could people, they're so myopic in their hatred of him, they can't believe that anybody would like him. Meanwhile, at least half the country does and voted for him. Uh, They can't understand that, that Americans would even give this guy the time of day. And that's the reason why they cut it short because... He sounded too popular. They couldn't do it. Uh, so uh, she's trying to interrupt him every chance she gets. Uh, and um, and uh, it, it just didn't go go well for, for them. Uh, and uh, let me do a little bit more of this. Uh, I just lost my spot here. All right, let's, let's do this. Okay, let's do this. On January 5th, the day before. I said, please. All right, so so when she said that you didn't say anything for three hours, and he pulls out the receipt, he pulls out his tweets that the day before he told people to be peaceful and everything else, and they don't want you to know that. They don't want you. They want you to think that Trump uh, is an insurrectionist, and he told the people uh, that uh, that they should. Uh, stormed the Capitol. He never did anything like that. He told them the opposite, to be peaceful protesters. So he pulls out his tweets, uh, and the audience goes crazy. So if you look at, on January 5th, the day before, I said, please support our Capitol Police and law enforcement. They are truly on the side of our country. Stay peaceful. Stay peaceful. This was the day before, and this was in the form of Twitter. Now I use truth. Truth Social, I think it's far superior, okay? I hope everybody's on truth. I hope everybody's on truth. Uh, if you look January 6th, this is at two, before 2.30, I am asking for everyone at the U.S. Capitol to remain peaceful. This is right after, as it was happening. But what happened is they took it down. I don't know why. I think they took it down because it was so good. They didn't like it being up there. I am asking, this is, and we didn't know until I got it back. Because now I have 90 million people waiting for me to go back. But I'm on truth and I'm staying on truth. Listen, I am asking for everyone at the U.S. Capitol to remain peaceful. No violation. We want no violation. We want no violence. Remember, we are the party of law and order. Respect the law and our great men and women in blue. Thank you. That was at 2.30. That was very early. Mr. President. So, you know, they don't want you to know that. That They want you to think that he encouraged it. Uh which he, which obviously he did it. Cause this whole January 6th thing is, is just, uh, the whole thing is, is just a scam. Um, and they're saying that it was instigated, uh, that, uh, the FBI had 
30 or 40 people in the crowd to try to get him to do this. It was all manufactured. Who knows? We're never going to know the truth. By the way, uh, Kevin McCarthy, where is all this video? I mean, you know, Tucker Carlson did one night, and then he was told to shut up. Where is all this video you're supposed to be releasing uh, that you promised us uh, after you took over the house? I don't see it. Where is it? Uh, So then um, Trump goes on to talk about what was happening in uh, the Congress at the time uh, and about uh, who actually got killed there. Remember, I made a video right outside the Oval Office in the Rose Garden, and I'm very proud of that video. I didn't have a script. I don't need scripts like a certain person that's in there. What time the video? Going back to your influence, in that three hours, over 140 officers were injured that day, and a person named Ashley Babbitt was killed. Yes. You know what? She was killed, and she shouldn't have been killed. And that thug that killed her, there was no reason to shoot her. At blank range, cold blank range, they shot her. And she was a good person. She was a patriot. There was no reason. There was no reason. And he went on television to brag about the fact that he killed her. That got, the officer was not bragging about the fact that he oh, killed he her. But what part- Will you pardon the January 6th rioters who were convicted federal offenses. I am inclined to pardon many of them. So uh, uh, he says he's going to pardon some of these people that have been incarcerated. I mean, you murder somebody in New York City, you're let go. (laughs) We've got people who are protesting at the Capitol still in jail, in solitary confinement uh, in in the the Washington Gulag. Uh, And he's saying he's going to pardon a lot of these people. Of course, that made everybody else crazy. But this is the most important thing, I think, uh, of the entire night uh, was when they were talking about Ukraine uh, and what he would do to stop it. Now, again, she's trying to get him on everything. And she interrupts him. She she facts checks him on everything. It was so annoying. The 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 audience uh, really reacted to it. Uh, and uh, that's why they pulled the plug on it, because it was totally one-sided. But listen to what he has to say about Ukraine, and this is the most important thing. Why this man has to be elected again is all about Ukraine. But the question here is, would you give Ukraine weapons and funding if you were I would sit down. Let let me just put it a nicer way. Uh, If I'm president, I will have that war settled in one day, 24 hours. They both have weaknesses and they both have strengths. And within 24 hours, that war will be settled. It'll be over. It'll be absolutely over. Do you want Ukraine to win this war? Uh, I don't think in terms of winning and losing. I think in terms of getting it settled so we stop killing all these people and breaking them. Why did you take those documents with you? So that's the most important part of that whole night. Avoiding World War III and potential extinction of the human race. And I'm not being hyperbolic here. This is what's at stake. Whoever's running the government now, and it's not Biden, he's just a puppet, want World War III. Believe that we can destroy Russia. And it's not going to happen. We may all be destroyed. uh, But if there's no other reason, forget Trump's personality, his mean tweets and everything else. If there's one reason for him to um uh to win it's that more from trump 
in Georgia. Where we are really putting it to Biden, but he's putting it to himself because the economy stinks, inflation is horrible, and the border is a disaster. And by the way, the way he got out of Afghanistan was the single most embarrassing moment in the history of our country. And you know what? If I don't win, this country is going to be in big trouble. It's so sad to see what's happening. But no so, so you hear that you hear the audience. I mean, they were wildly pro-Trump, and, and this is not uh, what CNN expected. Now, by the way, CNN picked this audience. It wasn't, you know, Trump picking it. Uh, uh, and then he's asked about what he would do about inflation. What is the first thing you would do to help bring down the cost to make things more affordable? Drill, baby, drill. See, so, uh, you know, people are just going nuts. And and you could see her. She's so distressed. Uh, and he was funny. I mean, he was funny. He had people laughing. He's pointing at her as she's doing her thing. And, like, look at this one over here. Uh, and uh, he was asked about the debt limit and how he didn't believe when he was president that you should use the debt limit as leverage. Uh, and what he had to say was really funny. When we have a debt limit, and they use that very seriously, I mean, they came in, Schumer came in with Nancy Pelosi, and they were using, we'll violate it, we'll do whatever. They talked a whole lot different than they do right now. I say to the Republicans out there, congressmen, senators, if they don't give you massive cuts, you're going to have to do a default. And I don't believe they're going to do a default because I think the Democrats will absolutely cave because you don't want to have that happen. But it's better than what we're doing right now because we're spending money like drunken sailors. So just to be clear, Mr. President, you think the U.S. should default if the White House does not agree to the spending cuts Republicans are demanding? We might as well do it now because you'll do it later because we have to save this country. Our country is dying. Our country is being destroyed by stupid people, by very stupid people. You once said that Using the, the using the debt ceiling as a negotiating wedge uh, just could not happen. You you said that when you were in the That's Oval Office. President. So so why is it different now that you're out of office? Because now I'm not president. <laughs> <laughs> we have a very big mental health problem in this country. <laughs> I'm not president. <laughs> That's why I didn't say it. Uh, that was great. All right. Well, let's. Uh, uh, this was this was the. Um, the one soundbite uh, that everybody was talking about. I mean, this this woman was really, really uh, interrupting him. Just, just, just terrible. And he called her out on it. What's you the mind? answer? Can you mind? I would like for you to answer. Okay, it's very simple to answer. That's why I asked it. It's very simple to you. are a nasty person. I'm telling you. <laughs> So the crowd goes wild. You're a nasty person, and of course, you know, you know, Trump is uh, is the bad guy here. He called her a nasty woman. He didn't call her a nasty woman. He called her a nasty person. Uh, so uh, let's do one more uh, before we go to the left's response to this. Uh, he's asked many times by this woman, uh, Caitlin. Uh, uh, and uh, he, she, he's asked if he would accept the election results on this election in the 20, 
20 election results. See, you can't question the obvious steal. If you do, you're, you know, you're not. You, you, you can't. You're a denier and everything else. So she, she, she puts it to him and he gives a fair answer. And after this, this is when they cut him off and said, all right, thanks for being here 20 minutes early. And you know what? If I don't win, this country is going to be in big trouble. It's so sad to see what's happening. So they cut it off then because it was just a knockout, a technical knockout, and they couldn't do it. Now, uh, of course, the liberals melted down on this because it was so favorable to Trump. And she was so bad. The audience was so far behind him. And they couldn't believe that CNN would give him the forum to talk. Now, this is the person who is leading by far every Republican is going to be the nominee and leading Biden by a lot. And in a fair election, will be the next president. But they don't believe that CNN should even allow him on TV, that he shouldn't be allowed to talk because he's not even they won't even give him. The title of president. Listen to the way. Let's see here. Uh, Anderson Cooper the next day opened up his show with a monologue, basically a mea culpa uh, about what we saw the night before. And listen to what he how he addresses Trump as that person, not even giving him the courtesy of being a former president. Uh, listen to how liberals reacted. Many of you have expressed deep anger and disappointment. Many of you are upset that someone who attempted to destroy our democracy was invited to sit on a stage in front of a crowd of Republican voters to answer questions and predictably continued to spew lie after lie after lie. And I get it. It was disturbing. It was disturbing to see and hear that person refer to a black law enforcement officer as a thug. All right. So now you got to inject race into this. You see, a black law enforcement officer as a thug. He didn't mention black. He just mentioned the guy's a thug for shooting an unarmed person in the Capitol and killing them. All right. But see how they always have to inject the race into it. Oh, and it's lie after lie after lie after lie. Listen. He used many times to describe black men and call Caitlin Collins, the moderator, nasty, which is what he calls any woman who stands up to him. Oh, so now it's a misogynist thing. It's a woman. He's a racist. Uh, he's anti-woman. What else can we get to? It was disturbing. To hear him speak so highly of QAnon conspirators and insurrectionists who assaulted police officers in our democracy on January 6th. And it was awful to hear him spread ridiculous lies about the election. And it was certainly disturbing to hear that audience, young and old, our fellow citizens, people who love their kids and go to church, laugh and applaud his lies and his continued defamation of a woman who, according to a jury of his peers, he sexually abused and defamed. So, uh, all right, that crazy case there. Uh, we're supposed to, do you hear the story? You know what this whole case was about? It was about, supposedly, he's walking into Bergdorf Goodman, you know, in New York on Fifth Avenue. And this woman comes up to him, and she uh, is hot for him, and he's hot for her. And they go into a dressing room, and he rapes her. That's what this whole case is about. And a jury in New York City, which he says you can't get a fair trial in New York or D.C., convicts him or, or says he's he says he never met the girl, never met the woman. She was 60 years old at the time. Uh, it was all totally made up, and she was being bankrolled by a billionaire who hates Trump. 
and uh, uh, but now they're trying to use this against him. Uh, but uh, see what he, how he maligned all Trump supporters, the audience that people were horrified that this audience would actually clap on his lies and everything. They don't get it. They don't get that more than half of this country is behind him and his policy. They don't get it. They can't understand it. It's not in their DNA. As good a job as Galen Collins did trying to fact check him, it is impossible to fact check fully because he lies so shamelessly. Now, many of you think CNN shouldn't have given him any platform to speak, and I understand the anger about that, giving him the audience, the time. I get that. But this is what I also get. The man you were so deserved to see and hear from last night, that man is the front runner for the Republican nomination for president. And according to polling, no other Republican is even close. That man you were so upset to hear from last night, he may be president of the United States in less than two years. And that audience that upset you, that's a sampling of about half the country. They are your family members, your neighbors, and they are voting. And many said they're voting for him. Now, maybe you haven't been paying attention to him since he left office. Maybe you've been enjoying not hearing from him, thinking it can't happen again. Some investigation is going to stop him. Well, it hasn't so far. So if last night showed anything, showed it can happen again. It is happening again. He hasn't changed, and he is running hard. You have every right to be outraged today and angry and never watch this network again. But do you think staying in your silo and only listening to people you agree with So Anderson Cooper comes up and tries to rescue CNN from uh, the liberals went nuts uh, on CNN, and he's trying to... Uh, but this is this is the left of this country. That man, you wouldn't even tell. You give the guy the courtesy of na- his name, right? Unbelievable. And, and it was it was across the board. It was actually um, it was actually fun to watch. Listen to some more liberals meltdown. Okay, folks, it is not news what happened tonight at eight p.m. on another network. And there is no sense in fact-checking or replaying the highlights. I think it was a profoundly irresponsible decision, and I could not have disagreed with it more. It was shameful. What I didn't know was that the audience would be filled with his cult. (laughs) I would like to know if CNN was passing out Kool-Aid before the event started. It was disgraceful on every level. And what I saw last night, at least, was as chilling as anything I've seen on television since January the 6th. <laughs> it's chilling. <laughs> uh, it was chilling. Everything. Uh, it's just funny. Um, uh, anyway. So that was Trump's town hall. Uh, a, <laughs> a big win for Trump and a very... Didn't they know what they were going to get into? I mean, she was totally out of her league trying to... You know, she just looked like a... I don't want to say, I don't want to sound misogenic, whatever the word is, um, misogynic. But she was just a nasty woman. <laughs> she was just it's totally partisan. You know, you're supposed to be impartial and stuff like this. Ask tough questions, fine. But in the middle of the answer, just keep fact-checking them and say, no, that didn't happen. No, that didn't It's just crazy. But then again, you know, the media is kind of interesting because they they ignore all the stuff about Biden that came out this week. Uh, And uh, the media is so corrupt. This was a theme I really wanted to get into today is that the media is so corrupt. 
I mean, it used to be that, you know, the media was left-leaning forever. We knew that. Uh, but what we have now is just, uh, it's so corrupt. I mean, they just don't report bad things on Biden. They ignore it. I mean, this this week the House came out and did a press conference and using financial transactions, actual evidence of wire transfers to 20 companies set up by the Bidens, Hunter Biden, $10 million of wires over the SWIFT system. You know, they had to use the SWIFT system because the bribery was so big, you can't do it in duffel bags or $100 bills. There's just not enough. So they had to do wires. So what Hunter Biden and, and his cohorts did was they set up 20 shell companies to receive these wires from Chinese and, and foreign government entities uh, and then distributed that money to all the Bidens, every Biden. The only Biden that didn't get any money was the dog. I mean, it was, you know, uh, his his son's ex-wife and the the, the granddaughter. Every, every Biden got some money in small amounts, so they, they didn't look like they were being bribed. I mean, this is corruption at the highest level. This is This is the definition of money laundering using shell companies and then distributing it out. It is the definition. And now this is not conjecture. This is not conspiracy. This is uh, hard evidence of corruption and maybe treason. Now, you would think that the press would be all over this. This is, this is earth-shattering news about the President of the United States. Associated Press Reuters, CNN, MSNBC, ABC, NBC, on and on, did not even report it. It didn't even happen. You want to talk about corruption? The president of the United States is being accused of corruption, influence peddling, treason, with evidence of $10 million being paid to his family, and it's not news. What if that was the Trump family? It would be 24-7. Special prosecutors being named. This would be unbelievable because this is hard evidence. I mean, think about the Russian collusion thing. There was no evidence of it. It was all made up, and it was 24-7. Imagine having hard evidence of this. Now, of course, the the paper of record, the New York Times, is going to come out, and uh, they're going to report this accurately, right? Well, they did report on it, so at least they did acknowledge that it happened. Here's the headline in the New York Times. House Republican report finds no evidence of wrongdoing by President Biden. <laughs> That's the headline by the New York Times. After months of investigation and many public accusations of corruption against Mr. Biden and his family, the first report of the Premier House GOP inquiry showed no proof of such misconduct. $10 million of wires to the family and distributed. And that's what the that's what the media that's what the New York Times reports House Republic report finds no evidence. And meanwhile, there was no evidence of Trump and Russia. It was nonstop. Trump did this. Trump's a Putin puppet. It's just amazing. I mean, this is scary stuff. And this is not. I, I mean, I'm laughing at it, but this is this is. Uh, this is, we've lost our country, people. When you don't have a, an independent media and you just have this propaganda, I mean, this would make Pravda proud, you know, in, in, in Russia. Listen to some more of the covering up uh, of this. James Comer offering new details. 
details to bolster his claims that members of Joe Biden's family, including his son Hunter, received millions of dollars in payments from foreign entities in China and Romania. But so far, Republicans have failed to unearth any payments to Joe Biden while he was vice president or after leaving office. And their report today does not suggest illegality in the payment. <laughs> there was no proof that Joe Biden got any of the money. All right, so he influence-peddled for the benefit of his family, but not him. He didn't get a dollar. No evidence. Oh, my God. What would it take for the press to say, well, wait a second, we have a problem here. <laughs> that there's actually a crime hit. It's unbelievable. So Joe Biden then, um, that same day that this came out, later in the day, he's getting off a plane uh, in New York. He's doing a speech at a, a college in Westchester. Uh, so re- reporters are ganging around him, and they ask him about the debt ceiling, Title 42 expiring, uh, George Santos, uh, that he was indicted that day. No question about what the Republicans accusing him of as far as $10 million in payments to his family, influence, peddling, and corruption, possible treason. Not one question. Unbelievable. All right, let's take a quick break. 732-237-9626 is our phone line number. My name is Lou Skatigna. Don't go away. I'm Lou Skatigna, certified financial planner, author, president of AFM Investments, and the host of The Financial Physician. Heard each Sunday morning, 7 to 9, right here on 92.7 WOBM, or anytime at thefinancialphysician.com. Don't let interest rates, inflation, and market volatility keep you awake at night. Come to my Tom's River office for a no-obligation professional diagnosis of your financial health. I'll review your investments, income taxes, and retirement plan. I'll suggest a comprehensive financial and estate plan that will improve your financial health and, most importantly, lower your financial risk during these uncertain times. If you are retired or plan to retire, I will show you strategies designed to increase your income and protect your estate from nursing home costs. Call us at 732-905-8100 and get on the road to a healthy financial future. That's 732-905-8100. Join me Sunday mornings, 7 to 9 for The Financial Physician right here on 92.7 WOBM or listen to the podcast at thefinancialphysician.com. Securities transactions through Lee Baldwin and Company, member of FINRA and SIPC, registered investment advisory service to afford Advisory Group. Jersey Shore Septic and Sewer, a family-owned and operated premier septic installation and repair company with more than a decade of experience in the septic services. Jersey Shore Septic and Sewer provides full service maintenance and cleaning services, pumping septic tanks, repairing broken sewer lines, cleaning of grease tanks for restaurants, as well as real estate septic inspections, repairs, and installations. Phone 732-600-8721 or go to jerseyshoreseptic.com to learn more. Jersey Shore Septic and Sewer, top quality work at the most affordable rates. If you're a small business, your expertise is taking care of customers. Our expertise is saving you time and money. We're the state's New Jersey Business Action Center. NJ Back. Get answers about government resources that can help you grow and thrive. From how to be a vendor with government to your business to finding capital. We've got your back at the back. Call us at 1-800-JERSEY-7. That's 1-800-JERSEY-7. This message sponsored by the New Jersey Business Action Center, the New Jersey Broadcasters Association, and this station. Do you have a home to sell? Do you need to buy a home? Or maybe you would like to consider a career in real estate? Well, you need to contact my brother, Mark Skatigna. He's the broker manager of Coldwell Banker Flanagan Realty on Route 70 in Manchester. Mark has helped so many of my clients with either the sale of their home or to purchase a new home. All of them could not have been happier with his help. What about an exciting new career in real estate? Maybe you're finding you have more time on your hands than you would like to after retirement. 
retiring from your full-time job and are also looking to make some extra income. With flexible hours to still enjoy your free time and income that could be limitless, Mark could train you to be as successful as you would like to be and enjoy a rewarding career in real estate. For help with any of your real estate needs, as well as any information on a career in real estate, call my brother Mark Skatigna at Coldwell Banker Flanagan Realty. His number is 732-657-6200. That's 732-657-6200. Mark Skatigna, Coldwell Banker Flanagan Realty. Give him a call. You'll be happy you did. The following is a paid program. Views contained within do not necessarily reflect those of the staff management or sponsors of Town Square Media. Call the financial physician now at 732-237-9626. Here's Luz Katigna. All right, we're in the home stretch of our very quick two-hour program, The Financial Physician, where we talk money, markets, politics, and anything that affects your life, anything I want to talk about. And um, if you miss any of the program, uh, you don't want to miss a minute of our program. You just go to thefinancialphysician.com right after the show's over and listen to the podcast of... Uh, our two-hour show. It's up right after the show is over. You can listen to it at your leisure. You can listen to it in chunks. If you walk into church or you sleep late, uh, no excuse to miss any of our program. The first hour, we were talking about the banking system and how it's in collapse as we speak and things that you need to do to protect yourself and your family. Uh, and uh, second hour, we talk politics and what's going on in our crazy, crazy world. And uh, if you uh, want to send me an email, just send it to Lou at the com. something you want me to cover on the program, uh, or just a comment you have, or a personal finance question uh, that I can help you with. Love your emails, Lou at the com. And our phone number here is 732-237-9626. Let's go to uh, Sean and Brick. Hi, Sean. Good morning. How are you? Good morning, Lou. How are you doing? I'm good. Well, you know, I'm just... I've never listened to the program, just kind of driving here on Mother's Day, and it just sounded interesting because, to me, if somebody's on the radio, they're part of the media, and you're kind of saying the media is biased, but yet, obviously, you're a big Trump supporter, and you're kind of peddling the same type of lies about Biden. Lies, there it is. Evidence (laughs) evidence proves things, right, Lou? I mean, at the end of the day, right? Evidence. Everything that a conservative says is a lie. Uh, and everything, every lie that the liberals say is truth, and that's okay because uh, that's I mean, what that's what partisanship is all about. I guess is that uh, uh, we believe our side is right. Yeah. Well, you said your side. I don't have a side. I don't. Oh yes, you do. Yes, you do. You do have a side. Come on, okay. be honest. Let's be honest. I'm, I'm honest. I'm a conservative. So, uh, but don't people call honest, people I mean, call or email and say me they they don't have a side. They're independent. They not. You know, be honest. It's okay. We can have it. We can have an honest Biden. debate. Let's have an honest debate then. Let's say Hunter Biden and his uncle are true business. Are businesses allowed to take money from overseas companies? Yes. What business is the Bidens involved in? What do they sell? What do they market besides influence? Well, no, no, no. Like, you know, they uh, both were executives at companies. We know that. What's that? Executives right. what, what, uh, what company was Hunter Biden executive in? So we know he was tied to uh, Ukraine, correct? He was a part of the board of the company there, correct? Of Burisma, an energy company. What experience in energy does Hunter Biden have that he could get? I'm not not debating the merits of why he's doing it. Uh, At the end of the day, if people are part of a foreign company, are they allowed to get money? Sure. As long as they're there for uh, the right reason and not there because their father is vice president and they're peddling influence. And by the way, let's test my partisanism, right? If Hunter Biden's a criminal, put him in jail. Who cares? It's, it's, it's irrelevant. Uh, anybody that commits a crime, but 
you know, coming on the airwaves and saying there's all this evidence. It's not evidence. It's wire transfers of $10 million, wire transfers, SARS reports from the Treasury Department is not evidence? No. When it gets into a, you know, a matter of law, then it's evidence. Other than that, it's just documents at this point, right? If there's a criminal case to be made there, we make the case, right? And then we provide the evidence, and then people go on trial. It's, you know, again, it's not evidence. It's somebody saying that they see something, they found something, Correct. Well, there's 128 suspicious activity reports from Biden's of transfers of money from foreign countries into countries. That's evidence. I mean, that's a fact. That's not made up. That's not conspiracy. That's a fact. Let's say it's called fact a fact. Okay, it is there. It's not conjecture. It's not made up like all the the Trump collusion stuff with Russia. That was supposedly evidence, right? Uh, So, you know, evidence is evidence. Look, you have to go through a trial and you have to go through a legal process before someone should be convicted of something. But let's face it. If this was the Trump family, how do you think the media would be reacting? How would you be reacting if you heard that uh, Donald Trump Jr. Uh, had these 20 companies uh, and Russia had wired $10 million to these companies and they would distribute amongst all the Trump kids? Uh, I mean, these things have happened, right? Uh, Jerry Fisher no, got billions of dollars from the Saudis. Nobody's up in arms about it, right? It's, it is what it is. This who, who got billions of dollars from so, the Saudis? Who, who, got, who got billions of dollars from the Saudis? Uh, Jared Kushner, you know, after... Uh, a American journalist was killed in Saudi Arabia, and yet we did nothing to uh, go after the Saudis. But then, you know, crazy enough, Jared Kushner gets $2 billion from the Saudis. Uh, I don't know Jared but, Kushner uh, yeah. got $2 billion. Uh, first of all, you got to understand, uh, I don't want to get into the, the weeds with this, but, you know, the Kushners okay. have a business. They're business people, all right? You know, now you, is there improprieties there? I don't know. But I'm just saying is that there's a business. The Bidens have no business. Their business is influence. They have no product. They don't build buildings. They don't build developments. They don't, they don't trade oil. They don't do anything, all right? And we can go back and forth. And I don't, don't want to waste the rest of the program just arguing no, with you about it. But, but so I, I just all agree that if people break the law, they go to jail, correct? And they should, everybody, whether you're whoever you are, whether you're a Trump, whether you're Biden, it doesn't matter. The problem is we have a two-tiered justice system now. The Democrats get away with murder, even if evidence is there, and the Republicans are always uh, uh Brought to trial, uh, they're persecuted in every way, shape, or form. And if you don't see that, then there's no help. You know, I mean, let's face it. Clintons, uh, Obama, the Bidens, they all, nothing ever happens to a Democrat. Uh, The FBI, uh, um, uh, all these people, nobody ever goes to trial or jail. I mean, if you're you're a Democrat, if you're a Republican, they go after you for nothing. Uh, So, uh, the the main reason is there's no evidence there. You have to have evidence. Okay, no No evidence. Failed justice system. Okay. There's more uh, conservative judges that have been appointed at the federal Mm -hmm. level than at any point in history under Trump, but yet they still prove all these cases and go after them. There's no, you know, failed justice system here. There's evidence and there's trials and you have to produce it. You can't just make stuff up like fake election fraud or, uh, you know, things like that. You have to actually prove these things. Well, first of all, you have to have you have to have charges brought before you could prove anything. And if the Justice Department doesn't bring any charges against a Biden or a Democrat, there's no chance of ever bringing any evidence. Justice system system doesn't have to do it. It could be any legal authority, just like, you know, uh, in the Trump case, it didn't come from, you know, federal, right? It could, could, could come from anywhere. Uh, so, again, I, I don't think it's a, a full justice system. I do think you need evidence. And I think, you know, there's media evidence and people think there's evidence. But at the end of the day, you have to have the evidence. It's the only way things get. Sure. Sure. The, I, the only way they get tried. Sean, I appreciate you 
viewpoint. Thanks so much for calling. Appreciate it. And that's, you know, that's the argument you always have with people, you know, is that you could put the evidence right in their face and they won't believe it. You know, it's just the way it is. Uh, And if you're a conservative, you're a Trump, you can make up evidence. And it's evidence then. You know, it happened. He's a a Russian stooge. He's a Putin puppet. Uh, He's bought and paid for by Russia. But no evidence of it. You have the Hillary Clinton paying for the steel dossier. All lies, you know. But that's okay. That, that 24-7 on the news. That's all I'll talk about for two years, right? Then you have 123 suspicious activity reports by the Treasury that uh, the Republicans in Congress had a fight to get these, these documents. Um, and uh, it shows evidence of $10 million of wire transfers to the Bidens and then distributed amongst the family. I, I don't know what it would take to prove Influence peddling. I mean, what what other influence? What other evidence do you need? I don't know. Anyway, what else do we got here? Oh, all right. So, um, Title Forty Two ended on Thursday night, and of course, the border, which was already porous and open, is now just being overrun. It's just amazing, and it's it's distressing. I mean, we're being invaded this country, and the Biden administration uh, is aiding and abetting it. Um, and here's uh, this is from the Center of Immigration Studies. Uh, uh, Biden's DHS is coordinating illegal immigration inflows with Mexico. This is a, this is amazing. This is this level of collusion. It, it's striking. Biden officials um, officers use an encrypted online chat room to tell Mexico when to let migrants swim across, and where that where there is nobody no border patrol. That's crazy. The Center for Immigration Studies asked several of the Mexican immigration officers what was going on and learned that President Joe Biden's Department of Homeland Security has been coordinating these mass swims with Mexican Immigration Service uh, on encrypted WhatsApp channel. The officers explained that their senior officers were in touch with U.S. Customs and Border Protection officials about how many immigrants were gathered and where and were prepared to cross the river at any given time. The Americans on the other side would ask the Mexicans to hold back the hold back the immigrants, not because such crossings are illegal and should be blocked and obstructed, but only until the Americans had finished processing the last batch into the country through Brownsville. Once the Americans felt they could take in more, they messaged the Mexicans and said, let them through. This is outrageous. This is outrageous. Your own government is facilitating this. It's unbelievable. I mean, how about this? You want to get outraged? Paul, this will outrage you. Homeless veterans are being booted from New York hotels to make room for migrants. You heard about that. He's going, yes, this is a disgrace. Homeless veterans are being kicked out of hotels to make room for illegal Immigrants that are being shipped around the country. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. This is this is insanity. People who fought for our country and have been harmed either mentally or physically or both, and are homeless, are being kicked out of hotels so we can let in illegal immigrants, not migrants. They're not migrants. They're illegal aliens. Um, 
and they're being kicked out of hotels so we can let these people in. This is insanity. Oh, you see, as soon as they cross the border, they're given a brand new cell phone. And I guess they're paying for the service, too. Who's paying for the service? Free telephones, free cell phone service, free food, free housing, free medical care. And the rest of us got to work our butts off to afford health insurance, to afford food, to pay our cell phone bills. This is insanity. Insane. I can't even believe I'm talking about some of this stuff. Uh, What other craziness do we have here? Uh, War on appliances continues. Biden administration releases new rules for dishwashers. You know, they were trying to get rid of our uh, natural gas stoves. Uh, Now it's dishwashers. Uh, The Department of Energy proposed new appliance rules that would cut water and energy use limits for Americans' dishwashers well below current levels. The proposal would limit dishwashers to using 3.2 gallons of water per cycle far below the current federal limit of five gallons. The rules would also require manufacturers to reduce their product's energy consumption by 30%. So they really want to get rid of them because they can't really do this. They can't, they, they can't function with less water and less uh, energy. So they want you to wash your dishes. You know, that's good for the environment, they say. So uh, New York has already um, made it illegal to have gas stoves after, I forgot what the date is, but it's not that far out. So in February, remember Schumer came out when they were talking about this gas stove thing? Uh, And Schumer came out and said, nobody's taking away your gas stove. Shameless and desperate MAGA MAGA Republicans are showing us that they will cook up any distraction to divert from real issues the American people want solved. And then a few weeks later, New York lawmakers agreed to ban gas stove hookups in all future buildings, uh, effective 2025. (laughs) That's two years from now. You can't get a guess. Oh, my God. It's just one thing after the other. Uh, California is now facing a $32 billion deficit as leftists in a state call for $800 billion in reparations. Yeah, now they want to give, what, $2 million to anybody with African-American roots. They have a $32 billion deficit. $2 million. I identify as African-American now, and I'm moving to California. Can you identify as that? Anyway, uh, $32 billion deficit now in that state as as people are fleeing, going to other states. uh, And now they want to um, increase reparations. And by the way, did you see that two-mile-long homeless camp, you know, along the highway in San Francisco. People are now living in their uh, RVs because they can't afford to live in California. Um, and, of course, also California Reparations Committee calls for ending cash bail. Right? No bail for anybody. You know, you get out of the street, it's fine. Oh, my God. Our country's going down the tubes, people. It really is. Um, and if you missed any of the program, <laughs> go to thefinancialposition.com and listen to the podcast. We had a really good program for you today. Uh, it'll make your blood boil, uh, but it is what it is nonetheless. Uh, thefinancialphysician.com. Love your emails, lou at thefinancialphysician.com. If you want to call me um, or come in for a no-obligation financial review, now more than ever, it's time to protect yourself, people. Listen to the first hour of the program. 
If you're a, a, a person who birthed anybody, happy Mother's Day to you. And join me for the next edition of The Financial Physician. Remember, I'm not far right. I'm just right so far.